At the intersection of the supernatural and quantifiable, three wayward souls find themselves facing a world of the unknown and unexplained. Who among us can navigate the flickering boundaries between the paranormal and the scientific, and the questionable gray area in between? You're traveling through another dimension, a dimension not of sight, but of sound. We invite you into this world, Parasites, an actual play horror tabletop show, every other Saturday on InfinityBreak.net, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast. It's a 30 Rock podcast with Leslie and Ben. Leslie and Ben. Jay. Gonna talk 30 Rock today. Podcast. It's a 30 Rock podcast with Leslie and Ben. Very nice. No rehearsals. No no rehearsals. I haven't been able to sing good for years. You don't do the singing good? Nah, not quite. Well, I do sometimes. Maybe not panicked with, uh, with these huge ass headphones over my ears. All right, all right, all right. Live from tape, pre-recorded at our studios in Austin, Texas, and Portland, Oregon, it's syndicated with Leslie and Ben. Hey everyone, I'm the Ben of that. And I'm the Leslie. This is a twice-monthly podcast about television, genre, and storytelling in which we watch an episode of a show and explore the history of television one episode at a time. Folks, today you may have heard my backing vocals in the form of our social media expert, Jay. Uh, Jay, how are you? Doing great. So thrilled to be here and talk about 30 Rock today. So thrilled. Uh, 30 Rock's your choice. I'm going to ask you what you like about the show uh, in just a bit, but obviously I think we need we need to give our, our usual context at the very, very beginning. Um, Jay, you, uh, in, in addition to being our social media person at IB, uh, you happen to also uh, edit this program. So you know how this goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got our little outline here, our little scripted outline where we talk about the uh, the plot and the cast and all that shit. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we stick to the script a little bit, but we just kind of tangent out when we, we feel is appropriate. Uh, so let's get the ball rolling on that. Uh, Leslie, do you want to take it away? Sure, absolutely. Uh, if you're just now tuning in, we are talking about, obviously, 30 Rock, NBC Smash It, and a self-referential sitcom about the making of... Um, well, um, NBC television. Uh, it's set at the fictional Girly Show, a sketch comedy show in the vein of NBC's own Saturday Night Live. Producer Liz Lemon, played by Tina Fey, grapples with her domineering and business-minded boss Jack Donahue and her stubborn pen of staff, including homebody Pete Hornberger and the angelically weird NBC Paige Kenneth, and actors including Tracy Jordan and Jenna Maroney, two deeply self-centered narcissists whose antics interfere with the gears of TGS. I realized that I wrote, uh, I just wrote this earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> right before we started recording. Yeah. Um, and I said it's in the vein of NBC's Saturday Night Live. And the more I look at that, the more I think, I don't know if that's technically right. Because um... I think it's more like, I mean, I, look, I've just been watching the first couple episodes of Mr. Show. Mm. Um, it's more like one of those. I don't like think a... that it is because in other episodes, not the one that we've talked about mm-hmm. today, is they actually do re- they do have cue cards. They do say that they have musical guests that come on. They have right. pre-written uh, sketches that there's like a writer's room um, mm-hmm. that are part- yeah. in- partly improv'd, um, and it's front of a live studio audience. It's a live show, and I think especially given that Tina Fey was on Saturday Night Live for so many years, I think that it definitely is homage to that show oh not exactly but yeah yeah i think for sure but i think things like uh uh key and peel mr show like all those kind of like i'm thinking specifically because it's like you know those are also in front of uh studio live audiences they are um uh there are pre-written sometimes pre-filmed sketches although i guess they're all live on this one um 
but especially because it's like a comedy duo in this case. I mean, it's just a well, variety show, and that it's a variety sure. show, and it is a little bit different because Saturday Night Live has a more breadth of a cast. But it isn't a mm-hmm. duo on the show. Did you watch the episode? Remember what happens? Well, yes, this episode there's a third person, <laughs> and in like, the, and like... in the first four seasons there's a third person. Oh yeah, Josh. the guy that can do impressions. Yeah. Mm. That guy. That guy who from they earlier. kind of wrote out. <laughs> I don't know if they necessarily wrote him out, but Yeah, no, I was just thinking because it's like it's primarily it's the it's the Jenna and Tracy show. Well, it's called TGS with Tracy Jordan. Right. It's after the first <laughs> right, episode, right, right. they don't call it the girly show anymore. Yes, I rem- I remember that from uh the first time that I watched some of 30 Rock and I started at the beginning and it didn't mm-hmm. start out as the girly show. And they're like, well, we can just call it TGS with Tracy Jordan, because yeah. you know, because he's the star, and they want they needed him to like save the show, essentially. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I guess the distinction in my head is that I was thinking about like, I was thinking that the, the show that they make doesn't cover like uh, uh, current events in the same way that SNL does, whereas like SNL is half like. See, I even would argue with that because there's times in the show where they do presidential and like political sketches. Like the show Thirty Rock isn't about like tgs but when you do see some they have some that are like about obama and george bush and like other political that of the time period sure sure i think modern snl very much feels like it is a political recap show first well now, didn't mm, always didn't always used to be but that's feels like not way true. i think that, that that's partially that's not true. true i think i that's just not true i feel like it feels like the political stuff is a lot longer because i don't understand it no, and i go why the true. hell have they been talking about this for over 10 minutes it's like oh it's only been three <laughs> i literally just watched a recap that some guy on youtube watched one episode from every season you're talking about drew Alive. gooden yes i am yes i've and seen he... that ep- that episode that he does well, he discusses in that episode how it's always been political and how they've they've had political sketches on there for the entirety of Saturday Night Live's run. So I don't think that it's more prevalent now. I think the difference now is that now we live in the age of the internet where we know about political shit all the time, and therefore we are much more exposed to it, and it's more of the topic than it used to be. Yeah, that's what I think. No, uh, agreed, agreed. Uh, I just don't. I from what from what I remember of this show, I just recently rewatched all of season one uh, of Thirty Rock. I just don't remember the um, it being as much of a political recap show as as uh, as Thirty Rock is. Mm. Or excuse me, uh, sorry, yes, the other way around. Still. The yeah. girly show is as much as uh, uh, Saturday Night Live is. It just reminds me of, especially because it's like a two person comedy duos like weird sketch show in which they play all the parts, as opposed to like the big big ensemble team that is SNL. It just made right. me think of like those smaller shows that like, well, like Key and Peele or whatever, where they, mm-hmm. they kind of show mm-hmm. off their, you know, they, they do a little bit of a, a kind of a dialogue and then they're like, and now our sketch. And, uh, but that's pre-recorded anyway. Um, it's like a, it's a mixture. It's of unlike anything on television. Unlike anything on television. That's right. Tina Fey plays Liz Lemon, the witty and sardonic head writer of The Girly Show, whose managerial skills cannot grapple with the cats that she has to herd on a weekly basis. You, of course, know Tina Fey from her SNL career uh, as the producer of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and for her voice work, including recently and kind of controversially, Soul uh, for Disney. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Alec Baldwin is, uh, he's Alec Baldwin from movies. He's Alec Baldwin. You know, he was in Beetlejuice. He was really sweet in Beetlejuice. Like, I had a kind of a crush on him in Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. to be honest. He's cute in Beetlejuice. Um, he's cute in Beetlejuice. And then I go, what uh, the hell, Alec? Uh, what happened to that, Alec? Oh, you know you know what else he was good in? The Shadow. He was really good in The Shadow. Any oh, whoozle. He plays <laughs> Jack Donahue. Only The Shadow Donahue. knows Lemon. <laughs> he plays Jack Donahue, NBC executive in charge of television programming and appliance development uh jack has no experience in show business um and is obsessed with working his way up the corporate ladder through networking and bold moves some of which negatively impact liz's workload uh and i mean i don't know i don't know you may may know him from his snl career as well maybe yeah i played someone eh, important recently i don't remember yeah Yeah, i don't i don't remember who it was it was some guy i don't know he played somebody recently on snl Probably. I don't know. I'll never watch it. Uh, Tracy Morgan, who plays Tracy Jordan, you may know from his SNL career, 
uh, Tracy Jordan is an action movie star who is hired by Jack to boost the ratings of TGS. Uh, Tracy Morgan is a stand-up comic who was hired by NBC to be on 30 Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the problem that we ran into with Workaholics. Uh, in fact, I think I maybe made a mistake earlier in this script. <laughs> Tracy Morgan and Tracy Jordan uh, are, are, are one individual separated by one letter. There, um, there actually is a funny bit in one of the episodes where he's like on drugs or something and he goes... My real name's Tracy Morgan. We're on a TV show. And it's like, it's <laughs> wow. so in character for him, but it's really funny. Uh, uh, Tracy was on SNL for a number of years. Uh, he had his own uh, sitcom that uh, didn't quite pan out in 2003. And he's currently making The Last OG with Jordan Peele and Keenan Ivory Wayans. Mm. Uh, Tracy is surrounded by his entourage of yes men and assistants, some of who are the calmest voices on the show. I love dot com. <laughs> excellent yeah. stuff uh jenna maroney is played by jane krakowski jenna is the original primary cast member of tgs the girly show for one episode and liz lemon's former comedy partner from college she's got a uh, weird international licensing deals and a really massive ego uh but she does hit her marks and she knows her lines so you may recognize jane krakowski from ally mcbeal where she played a recurring character my film which is coming out soon the royal juror the Roger. What is the name of Liz? What is the name of that movie? She's on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt too. That's right. She is. She plays mm-hmm. the. She's, she plays she's the woman that she's. She plays uh, that Native American for. woman. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, Jack McBrayer <laughs> plays Kenneth Barcel an NBC page who acts as a floor assistant to the studio that TJS films at in the Thirty Rock building. Kenneth is weird. Uh, he's from Atlanta, I think. If I, oh no, Stone Stone Mountain, Georgia. That's it. Stone Mountain, Georgia. Uh, he is. Uh, he comes from. It seems a deeply religious family. He's obsessed with television, and it's implied he's immortal. Uh, Jack McBrayer has a thriving voice acting uh, career. Uh, for uh, it looks like mostly Disney. Uh, mm. on Phineas and Ferb for a good fifty episodes or so. Oh yeah, uh, right. and he's the voice of uh, Fix It Felix. I love. I love Wreck-It Ralph so much. Who doesn't love Wreck-It Ralph? The cast is rounded out by several other actors, uh, some of which are the writers of the show. We have Scott Atsit as Pete Hornberger, uh, the, I guess, co-producer of TGS. It kind of seems like in the in the pilot, I always interpreted it as him and Liz kind of swap places. That he's like the original executive producer, and then Liz kind of gets promoted above him after he gets fired on in episode one. I don't. I right. don't take it that way. No, I take it because she in other episodes, she says that she wrote and created the girly show because there wasn't enough women on television. And I mm. she brought Pete on to help her create the show. And then Maybe. they laid him off because he was like cost too much money to have two showrunners or whatever it is. Right. I think right, that. Right. Yeah, that was it is that they had like a co-position they had. And then. Yeah, I guess you could see that that it was a co-position yeah. and then. And then he got fired and rehired, and now it very much seems like he is he is the second in command instead of being the equal in command. And I think he's happy with it because yeah, he does he, not love his job. <laughs> he took he took a pay cut. He has a little less responsibility. Oh yeah. well, maybe more because he has to wrinkle Tracy. Uh, and of course, uh, we have uh, Judah Friedlander as uh, Frank Rossitano. Oh, I um, love Judah Friedlander so much. <laughs> Keith Powell is a, a twofer. Uh, dot com and Grizz, as we mentioned, those are Kevin Brown and Grizz Chapman, and uh, John Lutz is JD Lutz. Uh, also, like, uh, I mean, I guess we can get into it, but boy, howdy, does this show use its star power? Uh, mm. with the amount of like celebrity cameos it brings in, everyone from like what Martin Sheen, Matt Damon, like all sorts of sure, it's like John it's Hamm. like Entourage Light, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien's in a couple. Um, all sorts of, all sorts of. It's, well, we'll get into this about the self-referential aspect of it. I was Lots about of to NBC say, talent. It's really insular. I was going to mm-hmm. say. Lots of, In that uh, regard. yeah. Lots of Saturday Night Live people. Lots of NBC sitcom people, both past and present. Uh, it's a, it's a real blast of a show. Lastly, the episode that we watched today is Problem Solvers. In an attempt to bring in fresh blood, executive Jack Donahue once again hires a new cast member to the girly show a living statue street performer who hasn't acted in years. 
While new hire Danny is wandering around the set without instruction, Liz is attempting to leverage her recent personal fame into a talk show that Jack is trying to produce without her. Meanwhile, Tracy and Jenna uh, form the Problem Solvers, a two-person task force whose mission is to problem people solves. At least that's what their t-shirts say. Uh, so, Jay, I've got a question for you. You brought this one up uh, to us. Uh, why? <laughs> I see you have a visual aid on hand. This, first of all, for those listening at home, in my hand, I have the world's most adorable orange tabby. His name is Lemon. I named him after Liz Lemon. I am that much of a fan of the show. And also, when I get mad at him, I sound like Jack Donaghy. Lemon, get off the counter. You know, whatever I'm saying to him. <laughs> but he's just a little baby. He's sitting here. Why 30 Rock, you ask? Well, yes, I wasn't prepared for this question. 30 Rock is an amazing show. I love television, and this show is all about making television. One thing I specifically love about this show, and I think shows even in this episode we were watching, is I feel like at this time, so much of television, I mean, The Office was popular. It was like this guerrilla kind of dry television. This one is so full of color and light and theatrical trickery and music and i love it and i think it just adds a good fullness to the show that you didn't see that you don't always see in television there's like a high production value in the show top of my notes it just says this show is so polished yes Mm. literally which is which is absolute praise um Mm. from a production standpoint yeah Uh, jog my memory people who are more familiar with the office than i am does the office have a score no main theme no No, it doesn't at all it doesn't have a score at all and something that's actually really interesting because i just a couple days ago went back and was watching the pilot of this they were kind of actually trying to do that in the first few episodes like it was this kind of like dead first of all the color was very flat and monotone there was no kind of quirky little bum bum Bum, 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 you know like kind of strings (laughs) or whatever in the back um they were just flat delivered lines um, kind of like in in kind of like in the office where it's just very reality in that way, just like there's right. no theatrics. But that's something I love about this show is all the theatrics, and it comes out a lot in this episode specifically. Totally, we have a uh, a phenomenal score by Jeff Richmond, who is mm. uh, Tina Fey's uh, par- uh, partner. Oh, uh, they've been married since two thousand one. Um, and he is uh, responsible for this incredible, like orchestrated, like vocal and jazz um soundtrack that's throughout 30 rock you know a lot of which are uh, is permutations of the um <clears throat> 30 rock theme that we replicated perfectly at the beginning of this episode um but honestly i think it's like it's like snazzy background music is like such a i think if the if you're to draw a key distinction between it and the office that the office is like so largely uh musically silent and that this has like this weird swinging jazz sound to it Mm. I think it's like such an enormous and clear like marker between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I love the energy of the show. Like you said, the stylization. And I think sometimes it's fun because there's this, like, it's not always reality. It's television, but there's things like if we can even get into some specific examples, I love when, please, please. when Kenneth at the end of the episode says, I know Kenneth and Tracy says, I know Kenneth knows what I want before I even want it. And then Kenneth goes, who's hungry. And he pulls out a pizza box and Tracy goes, ah, I wanted waffles. And he opens the pizza box and it's full of waffles. And then like Jenna, Tra- all of them go, hooray. And that is just such a, that's just such like a funny very just theatrical over the top it's not based in reality and that's what's fun so much so often about the show um is just like Uh, the characters are playing earlier this season we were talking about uh the larry sanders show yes we were Um, and we were talking about how like that seemed to be filmed in like a real office building uh and it was like very very natural dialogue as people were like moving around the set um and they seemed to be like reacting like very naturally to each other like mm-hmm. uh, Gary Shanley would make like a snide remark at Rip Torn, and then you just see Rip Torn kind of do his weird Grinch face, like ah, watch it, you know, mm-hmm. or, or stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I think again to draw comparisons because that's uh, technically what this show is about. Um, the dialogue in this show is like so heavily stylized, like everyone's everyone's like I don't want to say overblown because that sounds like it like I'm trying to describe something negative, but like. I, I, feel everyone's, like, I feel like everyone's kind of belting it out. I feel like everyone's fully living in this stylized world. 
Mm-hmm. And it's. I feel like this is what happens when you take a theater production with theater projection and tell them, okay, say everything the exact same way that you would say it on stage, but use your inside voice because this is for TV. Like, like that's how I feel the acting style is throughout the show. It's all very, uh, it's a little bit fantastical because nobody converses this way. Nobody. No. Yeah. Talk, and, and everyone on this show has the same timbre, has the same syntax. Like it's, it's very much, um, its own slightly off fantasy version of the real world. Yeah. In the yeah. dialogue. It, yeah. Um, Tracy and Jenna are like kind of like impossibly stupid at points like you know I mean like no shit that's what comedy is but if they were like you know if they were actually that incompetent they would not be working oh sure um Um, but like you know like they they play like that kind of like absurdity like what you know what's the what what's the greatest way someone can misinterpret what they're being told yeah have Tracy do that you know what's the most swaggering uh you know decision jack can make go for that you know it's, <laughs> it's that kind of stuff even like uh, uh tracy's visual acting uh there's at one point in this episode where he says like i hope the new guy isn't a problem on set like some people and he's like jabbing his thumbs like backwards toward him like indicating himself oh he's yeah. not a problem on set like some people or whatever right right um like of course no one would actually no one would admit like i'm the worst part of this workplace right like that yeah yeah definitely uh so I definitely, I have a question for you, Jay, as well. Uh, so you've chosen 30 Rock and you clearly have a lot of passion and love for this show. What is it about this episode specifically that made you choose this one for yes. us to watch? The, uh, I'm so unprepared for this question. Um, the reason why, <laughs> pulls up notebook, the reason why, <laughs> I wish it was something smart. The genuine reason is because Kenneth says, who said I've been alive forever? That's like the main reason why I picked this episode because I just find that whole subplot through the entire show where Kenneth is immortal or like some godlike being um, hilarious. Uh, I also think it's a good episode just because I think you get it is interesting because they don't really focus on making the show very much in this episode. Also, the right. writers aren't really in this episode like Frank Tufer Lutz. They're not really featured in this episode very much at all Mm -hmm. Uh, but i do yeah they're barely in this episode Mm -hmm. i think they're at the beginning when danny arrives but i think it's a good it's got a good amount of um kind of different things that are happening i like the subplot of uh like Jenna and Tracy, the the plot of Jenna and Tracy trying to help. You also get to see kind of the work relationship really tested between Jack and uh, Lemon. And I think mm-hmm. that is something that if we're looking at like what is a workplace comedy, I think that, that this episode kind of encapsulates that where you get a little bit of like the boss kind of stuff. You get a little bit of like the co-worker disputes. You get a little bit of like the underlings kind of, you know, those sorts of things. Um, so I feel like it's a good mix. Um, I also okay. think there's a lot of really funny jokes in the episode um one of them being who said i've been alive forever i, lo- I love <laughs> kenneth <laughs> that's fantastic yeah all right all right awesome excellent thank you for answering that completely random question that completely you had random no that i had no idea it was coming yeah no idea we like to that's play funny. softball here on syndicated <laughs> <laughs> listen it's not softball like you know what, Ben? Fuck you. It's an important question. Yeah. It's important wow. for people to know. It's important for me to know. The, I want to know. People are expecting it. They come to the syndicated. People are, they come to syndicated. They want to know why, why the show and why the episode. It's yeah. a format. I know. Ben. I know. I it's was a format. <laughs> I was working on the fact that you can guess what the questions are going to be because it's we ask them every time. It's very it's not cute. that they're bad questions. The they're fans want to know what's um. What's everyone's history with the show? Uh, I, I started watching it, I think, as it was ending. I think I started, okay. I started catching it on Hulu during its like last two seasons. Okay, I oh. uh, I started watching. Well, I mean, I've never watched it in earnest. I have seen episodes. I watched quite a few episodes from the first season when it was in the height of its popularity some mm-hmm. years back. Um, I watched a few episodes from the first season and I found them to be quite funny at the time. Um, it was not, it was not a show that I found myself attached to necessarily. So like if it was on or if I happened upon it, it was, 
fun. It was funny. And obviously, you know, there are tons of memes regarding the show that I'm familiar with uh, that I can quote, even though I, I haven't even seen the episode. I think we just did one earlier, in fact. Um, and I can't think of it right now. But yeah, so that's that's my history, more or less. I'm, a, I'm an extremely casual viewer, casual enough um, that I know the premise. I know most of the characters. I know some of the plot of some episodes, but that's about it. Uh, I, I don't know when I started watching this show genuinely, uh, after it's, it went off air for sure. Um, but I've seen every single episode at least once, most of the episodes twice. Uh, yeah, I think I've watched it beginning to end. I've watched it to beginning to end. I've watched it in many different ways. So I've seen some of the episodes maybe three or four times, but, um, yeah. Yeah. It's such, it's such a, a, a rich treasure trove of, of ideas. Mm-hmm. Again, well, I think because it's not, because it's not like other shows that we've mentioned, other shows that we've covered, um, it's not constrained to real life in any way. Um, I think, you know, a little more like better off Ted. Um, mm, yeah. Where, where, you know, it's willing to object, uh, excuse me, object, inject certain mm. degrees of absurdity. It can go in a lot of like really weird ways. Uh, 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 the Leap Day Man episode. Oh my like, god, like, such a good like one. That kind of nonsense, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I have to say, um, I feel like I, why is it always me, Ben? Why am I always <laughs> the voice of dissent when we have a guest on who's like, watch this sh- episode of this show, it's great. And I'm like, well, actually, it's always me. It's always me. You didn't it's like never the episode? You. Well, it's not that I didn't like the episode, um, it's the show has got problems it's got it some does. real problems it does not hold up well um the episode had a couple of jokes i can't recall them right now but but that made me go oof oof i don't know is about it that the one. one when they he gets uh, her, her book from china and it says lesbian yeah. yellow sour fruit i literally wrote that down so there's that well i feel like there were a couple but definitely that one but it's like it's not just this episode it's the show as a whole as we all know um Elephant in the room. They pulled some episodes because they had blackface in them. We all know this. Lots of shows did it. Scrubs had to do it. And I love Scrubs. So I'm, I'm not, that's not part of my gripe. It's not uh, part of my gripe at all. Always Sunny pulled like four or five episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, great shows. Great shows had to do it because it was of a time or whatever. Something that's mm. really interesting about the blackface controversy is the exact episode, which has now been pulled from Hulu, is that it was the live show episode, which they had done an East Coast recording and a West Coast recording. In the East Coast recording, there was a bit where John Hamm, who in the show canonically loses his hands, got a hand transplant from a black prisoner. And so his hand was like this and it was black from the top up. And that the hand tries to strangle him. Something that I find interesting is that um, in the West Coast uh, live show, which they continue to air, is that the bit is that he has a woman's hand and that the hand tries to feel him up and like tries to to like go down his and jerk him off. And I'm like, do you understand? I don't know. This one I go, yeah, and maybe in a few years they'll pull that one too. I don't know. You know what I mean though? Yeah. Where I'm like, yeah. is there a little bit of trans transphobia stuff in there well there's transphobia in, in the show in just well, sure. about, uh, about <laughs> every single episode of season one in just, just about every episode yeah, i mean even yeah. in season one they like liz lemon goes on a date with a lesbian remember that one it's like season one episode three like yeah the whole that's thing. Like really early on. saw that one yeah um yeah i think it's so also i have to say um this has nothing to do with the specific episode that we watched. Mm-hmm. I, that I will say. Um, but there was a, um, a a guest appearance in an episode by Peter Dinklage, which of course I watched because Ben and I have discussed my appreciation of that man many times. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the Jay, episode... How could, how could you possibly know this? Uh, uh... <laughs> Leslie and Peter Dinklage are friends. Close we are not friends. friends. Stop it. No, we're not. No, we're not. You've he met? did buy me a shot of whiskey. Oh, yes. He <gasps> bought me a shot of whiskey once. That is real. That really happened. That's real talk. Which episode That's are you talking real. about with him in it? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't know the name of the episode or the season because I only watched the clips where he was in it. But in the episode, Liz Lemon meets a guy on the Oh, street. yeah. And thinks he's a child. And thinks he's a child. Yeah. Uh and then feels bad about that fact. And so then says, oh, no, I just thought you looked so 
your hair looks so good. I let's go out. And they literally go out on dates because she's trying to cover up the fact that she thought that this grown man was a literal child. So like, I don't know. It's, it's, I have so many opinions and thoughts about 30 rock and the bubble in which it was created and how like, you know, people make jokes like you couldn't make Blazing Saddles now. Like you really could not make 30 Rock now. Like the writing on this show is like so deeply entrenched in a simpler, weirder time in which white people just did not care about minorities at all and could just release anything on television and have it look pretty friendly and have it look pretty polished, have it look pretty good. And then have to like the things that they're going to be apologizing for later on. Like you said, like with the woman's hand thing, it's it's interesting to see what it's interesting. This show intrigues me in in a way because it interests me to see how far we've even come in this yeah. like what eight years since it went off the air in yeah. 2013. It's so interesting to see like how far we've come to the point where now we're like, holy shit, you can't make jokes about violently having sex with your wife while she's sleeping that's rape you know yeah. like it's you can't like like it's so that's why i am the voice of dissent on this show in general that said this episode had a lot of really 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 funny points and i also have a favorite joke that we'll talk about later but yeah, it's already yeah. kind of spoiled but it's fine um, it's cool it, <laughs> it does have look because it's like a a, a mid late 2000s thing it does have a little bit of the kind of uh, equal opportunity offender vibe um, same thing that's present in like Arrested Development, you know. Uh, yeah, just, and like... that's and that's that's kind of what I'm getting at is it's you know you're absolutely right is that there was a period of time in general like I would like to go back to a lot of those things that I mm-hmm. used to enjoy and look back at them and say now why was what was that joke of like what's the what's the punchline of this joke or who's the punchline of this joke. And, uh, and so part of me really does wonder if this is kind of the impetus behind a lot of people with less empathy and less caring to say stupid shit like, well, I guess you just can't make jokes anymore, blah, blah, blah. Like, is it because so many of the things that they previously loved have now been proven to be the P word, which I don't like saying the P word because that word in itself is the P word for different reasons, uh, problematic. So, because, yeah. We'll, is, is we'll, the, I'll beep that out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Problematic. You can't, because you can't even, no, no you I can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't use the word problematic anymore because it's been so uh, misappropriated at this I point. I agree, it doesn't mean anything. yeah. I think like, so. Like, you just can't. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, like, I think that this television show is one of at least 20 in this time period, in this time bubble, mm-hmm. where this was an, a natural and constant occurrence in which we would make these jokes and I'm not sure why, but th- we would. And we would be like, ha ha, those people. And it's right. it's yeah. odd to look back at now. Um, and it's even more odd to think that a lot of this show's success to lay people who don't appreciate things like this uh, this fantastical dialogue style or this really tight editing. Mm-hmm. Like what they're resonating with is the weird low-key bigotry. It's very, very odd. I think there was a time around when we elected Obama <laughs> in which there, there was kind of the attitude of like, all right, we did it. We have, we, we, we have become the capital P progressive society. Now we can look back at our past selves and we can laugh. And by our past selves, I mean like, it's okay if the bigotry is funny because we did it. We hit progressiveness. We fixed racism. I think this is a problem with Tina Fey, genuinely. I actually am not a really big fan of Tina, even though this is one of my favorite television shows. I think Mm -hmm. purely because of the cinematic and theatrical style, like the styling in it is perfect. A lot of the jokes are not funny, but Tina Fey is a self-proclaimed feminist. And I think at this time in the show, and you can see it, like Liz Lemon was the antithesis. Does this make sense? She was like, she was like, this is so groundbreaking for a woman like Liz Lemon to be the protagonist okay. of a television show. She talks and about farting. She right. talks about eating cheese. She talks about mm-hmm. sloppy clothes. Look at the most, arguably, and they reference this in the show, one of the most um, 
well-known television shows about a woman in New York, Sex in the City. Mm. The sex positive, yeah. like all these other things, Carrie had her problem, sure, but it was not necessarily in this way that was as translucent as like Liz Lemon's character is and how her yeah. character like flaws are supposed to be so apparent. Like she's just a woman, you know, trying to make by and these are people that exist and she doesn't have to be perfect and is very three-dimensional. That was very revolutionary at the time. And oh, not okay. revolutionary when Lena Dunham did it, and yet we still have to look at her. But <laughs> I thought I no, died. like it's like it's like Liz Lemon already did it. Lena Dunham, she already did it. Uh, yeah, like, so we and, didn't need that. And so it's like it's interesting in that regard because that's a big part of it. And I mean, and Liz like has a huge. If you look at the whole show as an entirety, she has a big mm-hmm. story arc about um, femininity and motherhood is a really big part of it for her. Like where she has oh, right, difficulty yeah. conceiving, she kind of mm-hmm. goes through this adoption process trying to be a single mom to adopt um all these other things but there are still a lot of like negative um stereotypes i think in the show and to this day i mean even look at unbreakable kimmy schmidt like what's the character's name dong ho or something the one like asian character unbreakable kimmy schmidt the one guy i think tina Mm -hmm. fey is still um playing on these stereotypes she i Um, feel like tina i feel like the world has learned a lot and Tina Fey has not as much. I, I, yeah. I was literally, I was literally getting ready to say that as you were like starting, uh, <laughs> is, is that, yeah. Like it's because we, we're like this Ben. I know. I know. Besties. Besties. Uh, <laughs> as we've hit more, um, as we've hit more considerate times, uh, our audience's comedy sensibility has evolved, but I don't think Tina Fey's writing has. Yes, uh, that's exactly it. And that a lot of people, a lot of people look back at Thirty Rock and be like, "Oh, well, that was dicey." Um, but it's been after the fact. Whereas right. now, I mean, well, I mean, I guess is it off the year? Yes, it is. It's been off since. Tw- are, you, are you talking about Thirty Rock or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? No, no, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It is. I believe. I think they're done with it. But and I mean, again, Tina Fey wrote this character for James. Yeah, yeah this did. Native American whitewashed woman. That's yes. like a whole plot on there. Woo! I remember that. Um, I remember that. And I mean, and you one. could also even think about like the, her writing. I mean, and again, Defuan, he's not in this episode, but he is Titus Burgess and he mm-hmm. he is on he is a main protagonist on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, plays this kind of state, mm-hmm. same like gay black man character. Yes, it does. And it's like, how is Tina Fey writing these narratives and like what is she saying about these stories that um <laughs> I feel like so often though, it's like it's okay, Tina Fey's a feminist though. You know what I mean? Right. I think about like her and Amy Poehler and I go, Ugh, because it's like. When I think about Tina Fey though, like I guess for me, when I think of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler together, I'm like, I really hope that Amy Poehler is the friend who, when they're having wine together and Tina Fey says something dumb, that Amy Poehler is the anchor who's like, you can't, no, that's dumb. Like, no, you gotta be yeah. a little better than that. I hope that that's who Amy Poehler is and that's who she is in my mind and I won't believe anything else until proven otherwise which will probably happen someday yeah, because right. the world is terrible and everybody is bad yeah so <laughs> well, yeah inter- interestingly i think the version you have in your head is uh is liz and leslie oh uh, well i don't watch parks and rec for reasons that you know so maybe i don't know but it's not because of parks and rec oh yeah, yeah. because rashida Go- jones gives me diarrhea i've told you this. i don't like rashida jones Okay. She gives me diarrhea. Hate, oh my god, I hate her so much. On the I office, on I hate her. I hate her. Yeah, I don't you like know, her at thing. all. I think I'm sure she is probably an incredibly. I'm nice like, lady. did she know that the camera was on? <laughs> did she know that they were recording? <laughs> but she, yeah. So Rashida Jones gives me like visceral diarrhea, and so that's why I don't, I don't watch. So if it is a fact that I just described Liz Lemon and Leslie Nope, my not intentional. Because I don't watch parts. Yeah, but I feel oh, like so even well. Liz Lemon is a self-proclaimed feminist, and she always does things. I mean, that's even sometimes to her own fault, where she'll like. There's episodes where she's like, "I'm gonna go green," and she buys all this Tupperware and like yeah, tries to yeah. do these things, but they just become like unfoiled, and she ends up going back to her old like ways or whatever. You know what right, I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I think that's the joke, and that's that's a smart one. I think it's I'd even say. like a it's like a show joke because it's like she wrote the girly show to mm-hmm. be, and they make jokes about this all the time. She's like, I wrote the girly show to be this feminist television show to showcase women com women in comedy, um, mm-hmm. but it's like they just do freaking fart like yeah, fart right, right, or right, whatever, or whatever and it is. bear versus robot, and it's like. <laughs> those are the sketches they write and they're not they're not like enlightening or comedic and the things that they make jenna do are not 
progressive in any way. And the show recognizes that, but it's still like, hey, you know, it's if you if, if if you say that it's feminist, I don't know. Um, so that's something, yeah, that, that we're kind of just now getting to is like the show they're making sucks. Oh, literally, <laughs> yes, it does. Like, yes. like, like, not even like, not even that it's like fake corny funny. But like, you know, between the the intercom announcements that say like, you know, now filming for, or whatever, can someone get to the stage for this show? Oh yeah, Jenna like, Maroney for Stinky sound, Baby Grandma. <laughs> yeah. Those shows sound bad. Yeah. The reviews they canonically get inside the show are bad. I think mm. they even get oh, yeah. one this episode where they got a D minus in women's health. Yeah. Yes, it is the, canonically a bad show. Yeah. Yeah, the reason Tracy is there and the reason they hire uh, uh, Danny is because the show keeps needing ratings boosts. Because the right. show's bad well danny air quote danny yeah i guess yeah yeah i guess we're both named jack no we aren't (laughs) i know this show this show is worse than sports shouting um (laughs) remember reference those are one of my notes i'm crossing that out because we talked about it um it's just yeah it's just so funny that like you know obviously there's all all this it's all these people working together and it's all about like them hurting cats to try to get like you know, everything working together and there's these big social problems and, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to have to apologize to Tracy over this, you know, back and forth. And it's all for, it's all for a mediocre, weird sketch show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, stakes are high when that's what you do. Stakes are high when that's what you love, Ben. I mean, hell, even in a, even in the Larry Sanders show, it's, it's implied Larry has lower ratings than every other late night host. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's implied he is not as famous as Leno and Letterman in our city. Sure. Sure. He's like, well, what are they doing? What are they doing that we can do? Do we need to get better uh, merch to our guests? Is that what we need to do? That episode was so good. Anyway. That was so fun. So um, anyway. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's fun. I, I love how the show uses its star power. Um, I, I was just scrolling through that list, and there there are so many NBC names here. Uh, Conan O'Brien, Chris Matthews, Oprah Winfrey, um, mm-hmm. David Schwimmer, Jerry Seinfeld. Like, it's just, I don't know. It really It really pulled in the talent. Which I think works yeah. for a show that's so like, so self-referential about TV, about NBC. Yeah. Oh, I, I saw, I saw a, not a criticism. Well, I guess a bit of a criticism a while back that was like, um, 30 Rock is so cynical and mean-spirited about every subject it touches. And for most of that, it feels weirdly, uh, feels weirdly mean and out of place. Except it's always correct about the media landscape. Okay. When they're always talking about like show business, mm-hmm. that like their jokes, as we mentioned earlier, directed at like uh, minorities or uh, social misunderstandings, can seem either downright offensive or like weirdly mean spirited. But then mm-hmm. when they're talking about like the Shinehart Wig Cable Town NBC Universal Comcast merger, yeah, or 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 shit like, or uh, they do a couple bits about like on TV advertising too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even Wayne in this episode, Boggs Carpet World, Wayne yeah, Boggs Carpet, Carpet World, Wayne Boggs Carpet World. In this episode too, I love that they do. It's like the bit of the continuity joke it's right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's that's a joke for the theater and film people. That is the joke for the for the for the fan. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like that joke yeah, isn't definitely. funny unless you like TV, and I feel like that's what this show is for. It's for people sure. that like TV. Yeah. Yeah, that, I agree like, with you on that one for sure. And I love that TV. the. Yeah, of course. So do what? So do we. So yes. do we. Um, <laughs> but but it was saying that like like the jokes that last the longest, as it were, uh, are the jokes about how media and television are made and all that, and like all the cynicism mm-hmm. that goes into that. Whether it's yeah, yeah, um, yeah, whether it's like the the weird advertising or the fact that they're owned by six different companies. I think it's in season one where Jack pulls down this giant. Uh, this giant like chart down from the wall, and it shows the entire like corporate tree of NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, now see, Shinehart Wigs owns NBC Studios, which owns Universal Pictures, which owns Thirty Rock. Yeah, right, you know, right. Whatever. I mean, like, and in the later kind of seasons too, when NBC was literally being bought by Comcast, they do the Shinehart universe, like they do that whole thing in the way mm-hmm. that it's like the probably the NBC people were really reacting to. Which makes it a little bit current in some way, current polit- current political events. Yeah. Or well, the fact that Jack himself is a, uh, that he's a general electric executive. That he works for GE and gets put in charge of SNL. Uh, because it matters. He's like, do you think you can incorporate our new oven into this sketch? 
<laughs> and Liz is just like, no, I can't. <laughs> Why would I have to? Uh, Leslie, uh, shall we do our credits? Uh, well, I think that before we do our credits, I have got plenty of time for us to talk about our favorite jokes first. All right. Uh, favorite jokes. Uh, Leslie, you said you had one in the chamber? Yeah, but it, it was spoiled already. <laughs> oh, say it anyway. it's, it's okay. I want to say it anyway. It's, uh, you know, when Jay was talking at the beginning of this episode, uh, talking about the, the pizza gag. Like, he knows what I want before I want it. And then it's like, hey, I got pizzas. Oh, man, but I wanted waffles. And he's like, oh, was it, that was it. That was it. Like, that was so good. Like, I feel bad that, like, I mean, obviously, the Problem Solvers t-shirt gag consistently was really great. Uh -huh. I loved that one as well. Um, those are both good. I really did love that it, so again like my favorite favorite joke definitely the pizza box gag with the waffles inside but uh i will say that the whole premise of quote unquote danny not being a real actor and thus not even knowing how to ask pages for things and causing that b plot spiral was also incredibly enjoyable to me i i did love pizza advice which is never learn anything because if you learn things people will expect things from you Yes, yes. If you look like it, you know what you're doing. People will expect things from you. Oh, no, my kid's yes. sick. Um, <laughs> oh, my kid's sick. I'm sorry. He pulls that twice. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine, I think, is the extended t-shirt gag. I think it's the... Um, so it's, good. It's specifically when Jack is walking away from Liz and turns and you just see Tweedledee and Tweedledum standing there um, with their, their little matching t-shirts. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. Jenna says something like, you know, it's us, the problem solvers. And Alec Baldwin does this incredible thing where he like half cocks his head down to look at the shirts of both of them and goes, okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> and then just launches into his question. Yeah, just yeah sees... like still lots of good jokes in this, in this show. Assesses yeah. the situation, knows this is going to go poorly, goes for it anyway. Um, okay. And then the immediate follow-up gag of, should we switch positions or switch shirts? Let's do both and be sure. And then like Jenna reaches down for like the bottom of her shirt, smash cut, and then they're wearing each other's shirts <laughs> in the opposite <laughs> positions. You can see Tracy's entire gut and Jenna's shirt is way too big. That one was choice. That was choice. That was, that was choice. Just better do both to make sure. That was choice. Yeah. That was choice. Yeah. That was just incredible visual momentum. How again, it, it looks like she's about to, to, to remove the shirt. They look like they're about to switch positions. They seem excited and then bam. Yeah. It was just yeah. The, the movement to the stillness smash cut was just perfect. It was. I agree with you. Um, anyway, that, that was the best part for me. Generally. My favorites were, is what I wrote down, are you as turned on as me right now? Where they're taught when she's talking to Jack and then it's like, you didn't get the exact sexual tension of what he was saying. Just typical Jenna. I just love those. Um, I also love the different shirts character. ones. Who said I've been alive forever? Um, I also liked the, I like, uh, in kind of a reference to um, the reality of television when Kenneth is like, well, there will be no network, but I want to be running whatever there is. And I go, yeah, that's pretty true. Where I mean, there's eventually just going to be no networks. And I mean, yeah. there we go. C uh, cynicism about the state of media. Yeah, literally. And I go, Kenneth, Kenneth, oh, look, and you, your Hitler youth haircut. <laughs> that's, like, I that's so funny. Like, um, look, it, it was a bad idea and it failed, but there was a chance Quibi could be the next future of television. It, it tried. Hey, hey, look, you know, like Quibi may have walked so that who knows what could run. You don't yeah. know yet. We don't know instead yet. Of, instead of quick bite Quibi, we might be getting... <laughs> Listener, write in your own acronym. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tell us what you think we get, is going to be next. How about we get Bitsy, where Bitsy? it's just 10 seconds of a television show, but you have to pay a dollar just to watch the 10 seconds. Just bite-sized television. But enough about HBO. Alright. Anyway, on that note, uh, I'm sorry, Jay, the, uh, you're the guest. Anything you want to say real quick before we do credits? Oh, the show is funny. It's got funny parts, but there's just... Tina Fey, you're not a feminist. Tina Fey, I know you listen to Syndicated and you're not a feminist. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, it's... <laughs> That's the thing. Just update your writing a little bit. Yeah. Your God. character maybe shouldn't have been in Seoul. Uh, anyway, folks, you can find me online at Ben C. Hamla. That's B-E-N-C-H-A-M-L-I-N. 
Uh, my name is, of course, Ben Hamlin. You can check out my other work, uh, Parascience, an exploration of the supernatural and unquantifiable. New chapter started recording uh, a couple days ago. Really excited to release that soon. Uh, Leslie, where can people find you? You can find me at, at Vanetti on Twitter, V-A-N-E-T-T-I. I talk about a number of subjects, all of which are super fascinating and cool, as am I. Come follow me. Uh, uh, Jay, where can people find you? This is your IV debut. Well, Ben, you can find me as the editor of Syndicated and on the Ivy Media social pages. So you can't find me anywhere on the internet other than on infinitybreak.net. Oh, yeah. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. Hope you ha- hope thank to have you. you on in the future. Uh, it sounds like you want to talk about the Muppets. Oh, at some point. God, do I? We're going to get to the Muppets someday, and you're going to be our person for that. I for can't sure. wait when you guys do um, puppetry workplace comedies. Yeah, as, once as we get to puppetry season. workplace comedies, and it's season forty when we're at puppetry workplace Here's comedies. Here's the funny we'll thing: call you. is you're doing animated shows next, right? Uh-huh. Puppetry is a form of animation. Oh is it not? my god! You know what? Maybe we should just do like a special bonus content about just the Muppets. Honestly, just the Muppets. Just the Muppets. Recorded, you mean a four-hour episode? Ninety minutes. Oh, I'm, minutes. I'm saying it's bonus content. It could be maybe a limited series. I'm on board. We'll be moving into adult animation, where, of course, that kind of cynical uh, narcissism and, and mean-spiritedness uh, is long past. Uh, anyway, in unrelated news, uh, South Park has got renewed for 10 more seasons. Oh, I saw that. What the fuck? <sighs> Why? Why are people still watching this Why shit? 10? We will not be reviewing South Park. And 14 not. movies? There... Wasn't that it, too? 10 seasons and 14 movies? I was like, I want to huh? fucking vomit. I want to fucking vomit. Anyway, I was like, let's... too bad there's no other television shows or nobody else making adult animation in television. No shit. <laughs> this has been syndicated with Leslie and Ben, a twice monthly podcast about television, genre, and storytelling. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Jay. It was an absolute blast to talk with you about this. Thank Once you. Again, we'll, we'll hit you up when it's time to play some music and light some lights. Um, <laughs> when, when we talk about The Muppet Show, not tonight. Nice. Nice, Ben. Uh, anyway, uh, we're wrapping up our workplace comedy season. We will be getting into adult animation soon. Uh, thank you so much for listening. That's infinitybreak.net forward slash syndicated. Oh, I think uh, brand new since we recorded our last episode, uh, syndicated WLAB is our new Twitter at syndicated WLAB. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Frequently, I use the hashtag uh, SWLAB or SWLAB as I think it out loud I think in my it brain. too out loud in my brain to SWLAB. Uh, but you can follow us at at syndicated WLAB for more syndicated content. I, uh, I, I'm i the only one with access, I realize. Uh, I've mostly just been retweeting random gifts from Seinfeld. That's so beautiful, far. though. It's beautiful. So far. Also, Leslie, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give I was going to say, why don't too. I have access? How about I'll you retweet some too. stuff? You want okay. to re- uh, retweet some uh, some gifts from, I don't know, Veep, so there's still more Julia Louis-Dreyfus content? Hell yeah. You two right. are a, a blast. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Infinity Break 23, infinitybreak.net, syndicated WLAB, patreon.com forward slash infinity break. You know where to find us. Thank you so much. You know where to find us. Thank you so much. Bye.